Okay, so check this out. Our friend Scott Kettner has a new website. It's called worlddrumlessons.com. And for our listeners, because you're so special, he is offering a special coupon for one month free lessons in either Madaka 2 or Panderu or both. Hey, why don't you do both since it's free? So if you head on over to thebrazilianbeat.com, you'll find some coupons for these online classes. And if you are not familiar with Scott, he is an amazing educator and musician, and he knows his shit. Excuse my French. If you go to the website and you um, log on, you'll find all kinds of videos, PDFs, just so much information about these two genres. And he's going to be having more videos and information on different topics. But for now, why don't you take these two free classes that he's offering? I've done the some of the Madaka 2 work on here. I can't do all of it because there's so much. I, I, I'm working on it, okay? So um, I play Abe. If I want to go work on my kaisha chops or on different techniques or different styles of the different Madaka 2s in Hesifi, I can go check out these references on worlddrumlessons.com. So take advantage. Go to the Brazilian Beat, get that coupon, sign up for worlddrumlessons.com for this free trial, and who knows, you'll probably sign up forever because you like it so much. So take advantage. Worlddrumlessons.com, go there. podcast fans welcome to the brazilian beat join us as we get to know the brazilian percussion music making community and dance community one interview at a time this is courtney and this is diana long time no podcast <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly we got a good one though good yeah, one today we do uh, um today we have anna Laidley uh, from los angeles many of you know her and uh, studied with her, but um, maybe there's a lot of things you don't know about her, so keep listening. I learned a lot. Yeah. Ana grew up in the cradle of samba, Estação Primeira de Mangueira, where her father was a well-respected musician and her mother was one of the first well-known pasistas to perform nationally and internationally. Ana has been teaching samba for some 26 years in the USA. Her classes integrate traditional and contemporary samba styles. Her teaching methodology integrates her life experiences with samba and her psychology background, providing a space for people to develop their knowledge and understanding of the Brazilian culture and reconnect with their body, mind, and soul. She is the founder of Samba in Motion and Malandro in Motion and has choreographed several pieces that reflect her knowledge and passion for samba de malandro, cafiera, and the various styles and movements of samba. She has developed several workshops and programs and teaches at the Brazilian Cultural Center in L.A. and other centers such as the Casa de Cultura in Berkeley. Ana is a co-creator of the International Samba Congress held in Los Angeles. She recently completed her doctoral degree in psychology and her dissertation was on samba and life, the dance of cultural assimilation and reconstruction of identity. 
Ana also provides consultation for other groups involved with Brazilian events and collaborates with several organizations and institutions. She is part of the board of directors of Brazarchi in Berkeley. So I know you guys are going to like this interview. It was really good. I learned a lot. She speaks from the heart and um, yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it. So stay tuned. Diana, how is it going? Fine. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of been a long day, so I'm a little punchy. But yeah, um, you got a haircut. I did get a haircut. Can you tell? <laughs> yes. You sound different. Uh, <laughs> so tonight we're, uh, we have a very special guest that uh, we've been trying to talk to for a long time, and we finally have her here, Ms. Anna Ledley from Los Angeles. Welcome. Hey. Thank you. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for coming on. Uh, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for being here. And Anna has been traveling quite a bit, so her voice is kind of a little of tired these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, No, yeah, yeah. I just was like saying that it's a lot of travels and with the organization of the International Samba Congress, so... Yeah, oh, my yeah. work gone. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of work organizing that, I'm sure. Yes. yes. So we're going to talk a little bit about that later, but we would like to kind of get to know you and know about your background, where you're from, where you grew up and all that. Well, that's wonderful. Well, guys, um, I, I was born in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And uh, I stayed there until I was 25 years old. Um, I came from, um, you know, a poor middle, I don't know if I should say middle class or poor. I, I really don't know because I never really had in my childhood any um, any need, anything like, you know, I had school, I had food, I have love, I have house. I have everything, mm. but we still belong to the social class. I think it's poor, yeah. But uh, my life was very interesting since the beginning because I grew up in a family of sambistas. I grew up in a family of people that really love samba. So my mother was a dancer. She was one of the first bassistas of the Sergeant Ellie shows. So she started, you know, dancing. In reality, she was 14 years old, 15 years old, wow. but she had to lie her age <laughs> in order for, for her to be accepted in audition. And um, she, she danced with uh, Erivelto Martins and Ataúfa Alves and was exactly when she was working uh, with Erivelto Martins, that she met my father, Carlinhos Pandeiro de Ouro, that also was working for him. So both of them fanatics. They were fanatics <laughs> of Mangueira. <laughs> when I say fanatics, it's like we have so many incredible, crazy uh, stories about you know, um, them, about Mangueira. And uh, they met... And, um, you know, they, because going to Mangueira, because really they've been part of Mangueira, I end up 
I ended up being like the goddaughter of the president of Mangueira Djalma. Mm. So wow. for you to see my life is like I don't know anything else but samba. Wow. <laughs> you know, since the beginning. And um, I uh, my first four years of my life I lived with my godfather. And uh, my godfather was a very interesting man. He was very, um, you know, what we see today. He was kind of mafioso, you know, like, <laughs> it's very, very interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was like president of a civil school. He also worked for the Jogo de Bicho. I don't know if you guys know about this gambling that mm-hmm. they have over there. They use animals. Right. So right, right, right. Yeah, he, he was kind of involved with that. And at the time, Samba School was kind of a very, well, it still is a very serious thing, but was like very threatening, you know, like people would die because of Samba Schools. He went to jail because Samba. So, what do you, oh, you mean you because mean of the authorities cracking down on it? Yes, but also because Samba was something prohibited, yeah. So they yeah. are all the time being persecuted because Samba. And um, I grew up listening to stories. And also I grew up, first word I remember was like Samba, Samba. They asked me to, to be dancing Samba. So my father in 19, I was born in 1967, 1969, I think. My father won the Bandero de Oro, the, the, the Golden Tambourine Contest. And after that, mm-hmm. his career really, like, you know, changed. And he was constantly mm-hmm. traveling, constantly outside of Brazil. And mm-hmm. so many different, you know, gigs and everything. And my mother, despite she was a dancer, just despite she was working, she was more local. Yeah, she was more like she stayed in Brazil more despite she traveled a lot too, but she stayed in Brazil. So I ended up being my first four years of my life, I ended up being with my godparents and um, being very exposed to the samba very early in life. Um, I have a story that uh, when I was two months old, uh, they took me to the samba school, Mangueira, for the rehearsal. But instead of taking me inside, they left me inside the, the car. <laughs> and, uh, at the time, they have this doll that looks like a baby. And a lot uh-huh. of people used to use those dolls inside the car, you know, to decoration or something like that. And people were thinking that uh, I was one of those dolls. <laughs> Until I start to move and cry. And they have to announce it inside the Mangueira, you know, the Quadra. They have to announce it. Hey, the parents of a baby who was inside the car, the baby's crying. <laughs> so, and uh, the story is that when my mother comes to the car to pick me up, I could not stop crying, even with her breastfeeding me or something. And they took me to uh, one of the elderly's house. And that woman was like a spiritual person and she did a kind of a cleansing on me or, and I come down and I started to really to sleep. So from that point on, I could not go to my without going to that house 
to mm. ask for the mm. blessing of that woman, you know. So things mm. like this that today when I creating, I'm creating dance, when I'm teaching, when I'm organizing things about samba, is those things, those connections that are all the time I'm trying to bring. You know, how mm. one thing's connected to other. First of all, the sense mm-hmm. of community. Of course, that in nowadays, maybe people would have called, you know, the the child protection services. <laughs> and, you know, but over there was like, okay, let me call the parents to get to take care of the baby. Second, mm-hmm. you know, um, the sense of how the elderly have importance in our lives and how I was two months old. I do not know who was that woman, you know what I mean? But from mm-hmm. that point on, she became a very important piece in my life. I could not go to Mangueira's Hills without really going to her house to really to get her blessings and to thank you, you know? So things like this that really, um, I, I, I feel privileged and I feel blessed to be born in that environment and of course, that as a child and as adolescent, I hate it. So because, you know, in, in the environment of Samba, I saw a lot of betrayal. I saw a lot of uh, fights, lots of, you know, competition, lots of, lots of unfairness. So we, we really like, it's, it's a life. Yeah, it's, it's a life. But it also was a, such a different lives from my friends, from my the people that I grew up with, that all the time I was like questioning, all the time I was like, I don't think I like this life, you know? And uh, I grew up a long time with the idea that I would be totally different from my father and from my mom. I did not want that life. I wanted to go to school, to be a doctor, to to, you know, to study philosophy, to do something else, but I do not want to have anything to do with, with um, Samba. So, and uh, my parents separated when I was six years old. My father kind of disappeared for a while. <clears throat> he was living in Sweden. And I was just being raised by my mother and by my stepfather, who was like a person also that was involved with the pandeiro. He was also a rhythmist. And, um, you know, he was kind of very abusive person, and I hate that guy. So it was really like I associated at the time of my adolescence, I associated like that with Samba, whatever was happening that I was not happy. I was like, this is because people are from mm-hmm. Samba. You know, my father is not here because mm-hmm. Samba. My mother is with this guy because Samba. This guy is, you know, drunk because mm. Samba. So in my mind, I would be really thinking like, you know, Samba's the worst thing that somebody can have it. But I also, what I can remember uh, in the 80s, you know, it was so strong, the American music in Brazil. The radios only would play Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, yeah, I was just thinking. Mm. You know, um, the radio would be very, uh, this massive message of that summer was not a good thing. And uh, and also, you know, we grew up like having as an idol 
John Travolta, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> all those people that, um, you know, Brazil became very Americanized in terms of music and the Raiders would not play mm-hmm. samba. So it was exactly the time that I was adolescent and I was like, yeah, you know, I want to Michael Jackson. Here, we don't have anything. Mm. And uh, it was very interesting because I got married also very young. I got married. I got married. I was 19 years old. And my husband at the time hated Samba as well. So I kind of, oh, yeah, that's, you know, the life I want. I want to be married. I don't want to know anything about Samba. I want to be, you know. But the interesting part is this. The time that I decided to divorce, and I was already 23 years old, my statement to say, I am divorcing, and for now on, I am like taking care of my life, was to parade with my father in bikini in Mangueira. So my ex-husband was like, what? And I'm like, yes, that's why. (laughs) It's my statement to tell you here is the end Mm. of my my marriage because I knew it that he would have hated that. So. (laughs) (laughs) Big F you. Yes. (laughs) And I got to be in bikinis, you know. And it was my first time. It was my first time. So, and after that, yeah. after that, that carnival, I moved to the United States. And uh, when I moved, hmm. moved to the United States, I came to, uh, I went to Hawaii, where my father was living. And, uh, you know, Pilar Leto, she's now, she is in New Mexico, but she used to live in Hawaii. She was moving to New Mexico. And she came to me and she said, I'm moving and I want to pass my samba class to you. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't know how to teach samba. And she said, the only person who can teach this class, that's you. And she explained to me what she was doing. I have no idea, guys. I have no idea (laughs) what was to teach dance, you know. Mm -hmm. And... uh, but I started teaching at the University of Hawaii. That's where her class was. And uh, I'm teaching since then. And now it's 26 years that uh, wow. I am here. And, you know, it was years later that I really started to accept and really start to integrate the fact that Samba helped me, how you know, helped me in the immigration process, how to adjust, you know, culturally adjust over here. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. And also in my, the reconstruction of my identity. Because mm-hmm. when we get over here as an immigrant, you kind of lose your identity. Yeah, you don't know the language, you don't mm-hmm. know the space, everything is so different. And, and you try to adjust yourself. At first, it's like, this is the best place in the world, and I hate Brazil. Brazil never gave me any possibility later on, like, oh, my gosh, I don't have the mango, I don't have the banana, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the samba, I don't have the pagode in the corner. So we started really to realize 
um, how much you know we we the gap that it is created when you immigrate. So mm-hmm. and the psychological impact of immigration on us. So and um, it was just years later that I started to really to realize one the importance of. Um, myself as an immigrant and having this legacy. Yeah. So, and having the privilege of looking back and say, wow, I danced and I saw it. You know, Delegado, the Manguera dancing. I danced Mm -hmm. and I learned from Indio, from Pelé. So people that really is icons on the samba world, and I was mm-hmm. like, man, I was there. I was there with them, you know? And being part of that family is so amazing. So it was just recently that I started to really to see Samba as a very powerful way of healing. And, um, and you know, when I started really to teach Samba and to be more dedicated and to learn more and to develop more. That's when I started to hear and to receive messages from people telling me like how I helped in their healing process or how somebody had, you know, changed their lives or how has touched their life that I started to really to, to be aware of the importance and the healing power of Samba. Wow. So, yeah, that's, that's you know, growing up in Brazil, of course, that we learn how to, how to really to go beyond, you know, go beyond the fears and go beyond, you know, our ability to, to just survive. We need to make a meaning. We need to, to create a meaning in life. And I think that's what is the difference that I bring when I'm trying to pass that knowledge or that passion or whatever people want to call to people because um, we need to really to encourage people to go beyond and to go beyond the fear, to go beyond, you know, this idea that we are here just to survive and I believe that Samba mm. brings this <clears throat> movement of resistance you know like and, and brings that um, it's, it's, it's something that with Samba in my perspective that goes beyond the steps and movements I think Samba is in between you know I think Samba is within is is not really the steps of movements. Is a little bit more, uh, more than that, and that's where I feel like, um, oh, myself teaching samba now. I'm bringing a difference. Is because I'm not concerned with, uh, I'm not concerned with uh, uh, the body image. I'm not concerned about where you put your finger, you know, where your arms are. I'm more concerned about how you feel it and how somebody's is really touching you mm. and what is what somebody is really making in your life, what the transformation that somebody is bringing to you. So, and that's, I think, is the difference that I, 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 I'm really bringing 
to this world that now is so fascinating. See how many teachers we have, how some is, has spread out, you know, in the world. And, and, mm-hmm. and so like amazing to see people, you know, the passion, the dedication, the, it's amazing to see it. It's really amazing. Yeah. Once it kind of grabs you, it, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. It's just, yeah, it's, it takes you, I don't know. I'm not as eloquent as you are about it. <laughs> I was just going to say that I think people, when they dance with you, cause I've, you know, seen you dance for years, um, that it's like so accessible and you'd make it just about being and not about, like you were saying, about doing steps or it's just about being there and being in the moment and dancing. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I, I went to Brazil this year and came this, I'm going to call him boy because he's very young, but a, a young man. And he said that he's from Venezuela, but he's leaving nowhere. And he was treating me as, I thought that was a Beyonce, okay? I thought that was like, oh my gosh. Because he was treating me, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm in front of you. I can't believe it that I'm seeing you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said that he watches videos (laughs) of myself dancing samba, you know? Oh, wow. Hmm. And this is not the first person, several people that I came and say, oh my gosh, I was in Japan now, a woman from Singapore was like, say, I watch you all the time. So mm. just to to really to how blessed and how humbled I am with this experience, because you don't know, principally nowadays with all this technology, how are you impacting people? Mm-hmm. Right. And where are you going? You know, I I really have no idea that somebody in Norway was watching somebody in Singapore was watching my videos. I have no idea how this happened. So I started really to be careful with the message that I want to pass and more mm. conscious about it. And of course, I'm getting older, so... You know, really to what Samba can be for a person, maybe is a liberation. I can see so many women that they never have contact with their sensuality themselves. And now they are just, you know, want Mm -hmm. to show that through putting a bikini, a feather, you know. But also I can see other people really enjoying it, the fact that they just can move and connect with the music and connect with others. So we can see so many different aspects and how Samba can be used. But as a a teacher, I am definitely being more careful with what I am passing and what I am showing and what the message I want to give to people. It's important, I think, that someone like you who comes from, you know, learning from all these, from the real deal, you know, you're the real deal. You come from 
from Samba royalty, essentially. And but you also give people the freedom and and uh, the ability not to have such a, a, a focus on body image and and everything has to be exactly perfect, you know, like a ballerina. But that it's just it's more about how do you feel it? How what are you bringing to to the group to the room and and where are you taking it? I, that's really that's really nice. But I also have to say that I have the skills also that I learned in psychology. So I bring a lot of that, mm. you know, knowledge mm. to my dance mm-hmm. now and also how I can really read now the people's movement and how I can just perceive something. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Of course that I'm not turning my dance classes in in a psychological or, you know, session. It's not that the thing. But but I am uh, really uh, trying to implement and try to integrate my two worlds, you know? Um, yeah. And that's something we didn't talk about is that you just got your doctorate. Yes. In yes. I right? just finished my doctorate yeah. uh, in psychology and... Um, amazing it was it was amazing i must thank congratulations you. No, I'm like, <laughs> a long it's journey long journey and a huge <laughs> huge like student mode but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> so but uh you know yeah i i i feel like since the beginning i was all the time somebody very ambitious in life not ambitious like, oh, I want to have a new car or a big house, nothing like this. But I was very, like, about my education. And I want all the time to improve. Mm-hmm. So when I came to America, you know, I had already, I was a teacher in Brazil, and I had already a bachelor's degree, but I, I was all the time, like, searching for more, searching for doing something. And I truly believe that this come also from Samba, from my experience with the Samba, you know, because mm. if you look most of the lyrics of Samba, you see that we are all the time claiming something better. We want something better. We want a modification. Then we want to <coughs> show the worth uh, to the world. We want, we are Samba. You know, we are from Rio de Janeiro, so we kind of searching for this identification and searching for, for searching for this identification and searching for, you know, uh, a, a betterment. You know, if you if you pay attention to several, not not in nowadays, because the lyrics of Pagodi nowadays. Uh, sometimes I'm just like, what happened? You know, I don't know what's happening. But if you really hear the classical sambas, mm-hmm. it's so much history over there. It's so much of requesting justice and position and, mm. you know, and really a betterment, improvement. So... It's so important to pay attention to those things. And, you know, guys, it's very interesting because 
Of course, that I invest a lot of money in buying all this samba, you know, pagodas and everything. But the classes that I used, the most like traditionals and old sambas are the class that I see people more connected. <laughs> and they mm. even don't know the lyrics. Mm. Now, it's a very interesting thing. All this new pagode you think, all this, you know, I'm going to get you, kiss you, put you in bed, and something like this. People dance, but I don't feel the connection. Mm-hmm. But if when I put it something that's very profound, and, you know, saying, I am the samba, I am the voice of people from the slums, you know, I am, you know, the one that really want to show the world our worth. People are so reactive in different way. Hmm. So I believe that being uh, um, born at the time that I was born and exposed, that's what's created on me also to think I need to, to tell the world who I am. You know, I need hmm. to really to get my doctorate or to do something different from what my family had the chance of doing it. So I, unfortunately, I am the first one with a high degree in my family. So, and I hope that my kids, you know, get from me and, and continue. But for now, I'm the first one with a high degree. <coughs> And, super uh, high degree. Yeah, yeah super high. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the one that has more debt, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Wait, I've got a question for you. Um, yeah. You, so one thing when I was, so this year was my first trip to Brazil, and I was kind of wondering, after just being in the United States and, and going to Brazil camp and everything, I was kind of wondering, is it is it, is Samba in Brazil kind of like, the only analogy I can really think of is like jazz here where it's like back in the day when they had big band jazz, all the young people knew how to dance and they'd all go out dancing to these big bands who were super famous. And it was a really popular thing with young people. And I was one, and now jazz is, you know, gone through this evolution where it's not that many people just regularly listen to it. Most people are listening to pop music on the radio and, Mm -hmm. and jazz isn't necessarily cool except for among like older people and, um, but I was wondering if Samba was the same way, if I was going to go there and it was going to be just sort of like a more tired version of, of you know, what... Anyway, I think you kind of understand what I'm saying. But then yeah. when I got there, it was completely opposite. Everyone was super into it. Everyone from little kids to teenagers to <laughs> people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, all the way up until, you know, as old as they get. And I was I was really shocked by that. It's as popular as like the NFL is here. It was... I was <laughs> I was really surprised, but you were saying in the eighties that it, for a time period, people were listening to mostly, or the radios were playing mostly Michael Jackson. What changed? How did that come back around to being cool again? Well, I have to say that, uh, um, in the eighties also, most of the Sambistas like, you know, Grupo Fundo de Quintal, Jorge Aragão, Zeca Pagodinho, uh, Dona Ivone Lara, uh, it, they created a, a huge campaign to put the samba back. You know, I remember mm. that at the time, just one radio station would play samba. Just one. Mm-hmm. You know, 
they would play samba and but i remember that you you can see a lot of the lyrics of that time is really proclaiming that the samba was the the from the roots of brazil that was the music of brazil that people should to respect so if you compare most of the lyrics you will see that it is a proclamation of you know the worth of samba <laughs> and and they did they did a, a huge campaign they did a huge campaign until samba in the 90s was back and became this gotcha. huge thing you know the pagodi the the you know the young people the people from this uh, what do we call zona sul that would be the suburbans but you know like people mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. the richest part of it participate participating being a part of it um they starting a huge campaign of uh, really uh, uh, convincing you know, the radios and uh, the radio stations and uh, television to put it samba. And I think like um, that that's the beauty of samba too, because it's if you see the lyrics of those those pagodes and sambas at that time, they are they are beautiful. They have they have a, a history. They have a story. They have, you know, they have a, a foundation, consistency. I don't know. They have they have something that in our days, you know, eh, oh, la 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 la. Eh. <laughs> I, I laugh a lot because some people come and say. What they are singing? I'm like, well, just oh, ah, la, la. No. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> so did that coincide? Did that campaign in the 90s then kind of coincide with blocos becoming more popular? And well, actually, I think actually I think the blocos became more popular in 2000s because I feel like mm. it was very interesting because. Blocos in the 70s was, oh my gosh, was so strong, you know, and was really like the two things we want to see it was the Bloco Cacique de Ramos, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. against the Bafo da Onça. When they parade, we expected them to really end up in a fight. <laughs> It was crazy. Hmm. You know, we would be like raiding the blockers and V in the street and everything. And somebody would say, Cacique de Rama and Bafo da Onça is coming. Are coming. We would be running because we <laughs> knew it would be like wow. huge fights between them. Hmm. Because the rivalry, the rivalry was tremendous. But was the biggest blockers. And they have the most traditional, you know, uh, Bola Preta, Bloco do Bola Preta, that was a very traditional, and they have this, <coughs> they have this location that was very close to the municipal uh, ballet theater in Rio. Mm -hmm. So, and it was over there in Cinelândia, that is of that area of downtown mm -hmm. where all the blocos happens and everything. So. It was very traditional, but the block was starting to die. 
I think, 90s. It started really to be like a more specific blocos, like bloco uh, from the Panama, you know, like that was very specific areas that would happen. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that actually, I think that monobloco and other blocos that started to really bring it back that idea of blocos. But for example, this year I went there, I wasn't in Carnaval, I did not see any blocko. Not because it's not happened, but I do not go to see the blockos. But it was like, uh, I think like it's coming back in 2000. I think they are bringing more than other blockos. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> because I think like 90s, I think was kind of, you know, the blockos started not to receive the support that they they used to to receive before from the city or for the government, something uh-huh. like that. Gotcha. I wanted to talk a little bit about your groups, Anna. You have Samba in Motion and Malandro in Motion in LA. Can you tell us about your groups? Yeah. Well, in reality, are these um, classes? Are these classes? Maybe I should word that differently. Samba Samba in Motion is more the classes, Mm -hmm. and it is what I registered like a business. Um, Mm -hmm. Is the name that I get it to my classes at first, and and you know. At first, what I was thinking is I want to do everything everybody was doing yeah? when I started over here 26 years ago. I want to do performances with bikini, with this, with that. You know? And I say, well, in reality, I am doing something with the samba. But in 2006, I was about 247 pounds. I just had a baby, Giancarlo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not really. I, I was teaching all the time. I, I never stopped teaching, but I'm not really involved with the, any production or anything, any show, nothing. And a friend of mine from here, Ayana Contreras, she, one day she came to my dance class and she was like, I can't believe it that you are one of the best samba dancers and you're not doing your show you have nothing you're not doing it why and I'm like look at me Ayana how am I gonna do something <laughs> with 247 pounds woman <laughs> and she was like still you, you still can dance why you you know and and she said that she was invited to be the MC for the carnival in Long Beach and that she wanted me to present something. So I went uh, I went back home that time and I was so depressed. I was so down. I was like, why? Why this woman's telling me all this? You know, I was like, I know she's she's telling me good things, but look at me, look at me, what am I gonna do? And uh, I came up with the idea of studying Malandro. And I went to mm. the internet and I started to, actually, I said, you know what? I like the samba from the 50s. I want to study samba from the 50s. 
And the first thing I saw was malandro. And I started really to look at videos and say, you know, this speak to me. This tell me something. And one thing that I learned, it was, like I said before, Samba needs to have a story behind or history, you know? Cannot just, you know, mm -hmm. just be doing the movements or doing the steps. You need really to be connected with something. So that's what I did. I started to study Malandro. And I invited at the time Miguel uh, Coleman, who was one of uh, Man Santo Capoeiristas. I saw him dancing. I'm like, hey, do you want to dance as a malandro? <laughs> and um, Ayana introduced me to Reggie, that was kind of an older guy and was a tap dancer. He never had done samba. And we did. We did uh, our first choreography and was very well accepted and was very well received. And I started really to study more and to say, that's what I want to do. That's when I start to name Malandra Emotion. So mm. today we are a group. Malandra Emotion is a group. And some emotion is more my business. Like, you know, is what I, I have as a business. My dance classes is under some emotion. Somebody want to hire me, mm -hmm. going to be under some emotion. But Malandre Moshe is the group. I see. Okay. And today we have 11 people in the group. <laughs> wow. So how does that correspond to the International Samba Congress? Is that, does it come from that or is that a completely different entity? Well, it's studying, it's studying is studying Malandros is studying the samba from the 50s. I started to see like, wow, I don't know Gafiera. And mm -hmm. I don't know and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody knows and I want to bring to the United States. So yeah, five years ago, six years ago, um, that same time that I was studying for the Malandro, I saw this couple dancing, Gafiera, in Boston. I was crazy. And I started to connect it with them and talk to them. And that was Adriana Lima and Patrick Carvalho. And I mm. asked Adriana, you know, how he could get over here. I was crazy. And they disappeared. They disappeared. <laughs> they stopped communicating with me. And I was just like, how come these people not communicating? And I would be like <laughs> sending messages and they never responded. Like I was getting crazy. So <laughs> I organized, since 1998, I organized groups to go to Brazil to parade. Yeah, parade in Mangueira with Mangueira and mm -hmm. Union da Ilha. And um, one day I reconnected with them and I took my group to have classes with them, with Adriana and Patrick, and I fell in love. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys have to go to United States. 
<laughs> and um, I went to the last time I went to Brazil with Adriana. She was really sick. She had cancer. And that year she died. Well, she died like after the carnival. She died mm-hmm. again two months mm-hmm. after the carnival, I think. And I was devastated. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't believe it. Because the last meeting we like, I'm going back to the United States. We're going to do everything for both of you to go to the United States. And she said, I'm going. And Patrick said, I'm going to. So she died. And I say, now I have to bring Patrick. So Angelique Starks from Arizona, she contacted me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she asked me who I would think that she should bring for her, uh, you know, national queen and samba king. Uh, yeah, national king and queen of samba in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I say, Patrick, he's the guy, you know. So we organized everything. And Patrick has his visa. We bought the ticket. And about 15 days prior to the event, Patrick called me to say, I have a bad news. He started to dance at the, the Dance with the Stars in Brazil, the Brazilian Dance with the Stars. And they prohibit him oh, right. uh-huh. to leave the country. Oh, why? Because oh, he, no. it's competition. Oh, yeah, to stay. Competition oh. to stay. And the, the oh. celebrity that he was dancing, they went to uh, to the finals, you know. Oh. And I say, mm-hmm. well, Patrick, you're going to do one thing. You're going to find me anybody that has your level. <laughs> that has your level that can come and teach. I cannot really put my name out there and, you know. So he sent Rodrigo Marquez. And uh, the first time I went to the airport picking him up, I said, "That's this is the guy. I was like, we're so connected. Mm-hmm. We started to call each other brother and sister. And mm. uh, we started this movement of really, I'm trying to, to, to take them to, you know, to places to teach Gafiera and everything. So we went to Arizona, Texas, San Francisco. Uh, the following year, I brought six dancers uh, to do a show in San Francisco. And that year, um, I was at Conceição de Marcena's house. We are there. And Patrick looked at me and said, if is there anything anything that you could do for Samba, what would it be in a CIA Congress? And he said, let's do it. And I said, I don't know how to do it. And he said, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay, let's do it. So we may. So that was, I think we came in October, I think. And we said, we're going to do it in May. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do wow. it. No, it was April. Wow. I'm sorry, it was April. I'm sorry, it was April. And let's do next wow. year in May. Yeah, but of course, everything just started working in August, yeah? From April to August. 
And we started doing it. All the organization, I have no idea what I was doing it. These two guys went to Brazil. And you remember, Patrick, that never answered my phone calls? <laughs> that yes. was Patrick and Rodrigo. <laughs> they are so involved with the Samba schools over there, doing the Comissão de Frente, working with the Samba school, working with all the projects that they have. They have Gafiera Brazil. It was crazy. I started to do the things like crazy over here. And uh, it was last May. And we end up having 312 people in our first one. And uh, I was like, wow, wow, we can make it. <laughs> yeah, we can cool. do this to happen. You know, of course that, of course that if, even if we have all these people, you know, financially was not what we expected. And, um, and uh, but it still was something, was a lesson for everybody. And now we are doing for the second time. And now we are creating like a better structure, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's under some by emotion for your question, Diane, it's under some by mm-hmm. emotion. Oh, okay. It's kind of under the umbrella mm-hmm. of some by emotion. And, uh, <clears throat> and I registered the name International Samba Congress just because people silliness, they know, like somebody call us because at first right. we are we are calling like World Samba Congress, and somebody called me and say, "Hey, I do have this name already. Take it off." And I'm mm. like, "Okay." So and we're like, "How are we gonna call?" And I'm like, "Let's just put International Samba Congress." So that's the way it is, and yeah, and we have the name registered now and. You know, a new structure, 33 teachers. So wow. we'll be fine. Now, I'm, I'm, if I can clarify, so I've seen like all these different Samba Congresses come up. Now, the one in Brazil is just Rodrigo and Patrick. Is that their yes. thing? Okay, so that's, they're yeah. the organizers of those. And then there's the one yeah. in Australia. And then you, there's one in Canada in the Canada. fall. So, so is it? Well, it's Rodrigo, Patrick, and the person uh, in Canada is Adriana. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Australia was Sasha and Nubia and Sky. So what's happening is I barely can manage and organize <laughs> one over here. <laughs> and I am here. So, you know, and I, I personally... Um, I'm involved in all of them as a teacher, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, the organization is, is just the International Samba Congress. I see. The crazy okay. thing is that you did all that while getting your PhD, right? I mean, you organized yeah. huge things. I just, it's so impressive. <laughs> wow. Well, guys, it's... And okay. has a family. Right. And yeah. does every yeah. classes in... Yeah. yeah, the worst part for me is because uh, uh, last year also my mother passed away mm-hmm. and I was her caregiver. Mm-hmm. So she passed away one month before the 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 Congress. Wow. That was for me the proof that Samba heals mm-hmm. because it's helped me so much in my healing. 
to be involved with that. Mm. You know, and of course that my PhD, the the dissertation is um, about samba. So everything is kind of connected, you know, mm-hmm. but it was a crazy year. It was after everything passed. I have to tell you that I, I stayed nine months without working. Yeah. I, I, you know, I quit my job and I was just like teaching the samba class, but doing a lot of therapy yeah. <laughs> because uh, it was like, really, I needed that. I needed that healing time. Yeah. And, uh, but it was a very interesting year for me. I think a lot of people who have been through hard times really rely on their Samba communities to help them get through it. I've personally experienced that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I've experienced that too. It means a lot. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. Not just the people, just having like a healthy community around you, but also just the playing the music is is healing as well. I mean, it's cathartic. Yeah. helps you. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it for a, for a while. You get a little pressure release. Yeah. And you know, I, I doing my interviews and uh, my research for my dissertation, that is this dissertation developed already about the, uh, how Samba can help people with uh, Parkinson's disease. Hmm. There are people already applying that. Hmm. So, oh, wow. yeah, guys, yeah, a very interesting thing. So, if you think about it, you know, uh, all the the rhythms and all the pace that samba brings, you know, uh, being a polyrhythmic. I I am not expert in in music, but <laughs> bringing all these patterns that you have to breathe. And you have to relax and you have to contract and you have to, you know, squeeze and you have to open and you have to relax. So I feel like it is something that is very healing, is very healing. And brings the community together and brings the sense of belonging, mm-hmm. you know, and it brings us the sense of you can be whoever you want. In those three days hmm. of carnival, you know, if I want to be a princess, I will be a princess. If I want to be a devil, I'll be a devil, <laughs> if I, you know, <laughs> it brings mm-hmm. that sense of freedom. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, sometimes before we do interviews, I'll ask um, some people for their opinions about like questions, like people who might know our, our guest better or longer than, than I've known them. And I talked to um, Pauline today mm-hmm. and she was telling me a story about you. Oh, let's see. Pauline was episode four. She was telling me a story about you, how she was at Brazil camp and you um, got up and started playing a surdu. I think she said it was. And she, she had been up until that point pretty shy about playing any other instrument besides shokayu with the mm-hmm. Lions of Batsukata. But how, when she saw you playing surdu, she was like, oh. it, it really inspired her. And she's like, she said she walked up to you and said, I didn't know you played. And, and you kind of kicked your foot over and slid a, um, 
a Kaisha toward her and she had never played <laughs> Kaisha. Never like would didn't have the the oh what would you how would I say it? Just she just didn't feel like she should or could <laughs> play. And then and then once other people saw her playing and you playing and then other women came up and started playing and, and you kind of encouraged this whole group of people and she's like, We didn't sound too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but she's she said she always remembers that as being like a really important thing for her because that's like the first time she ever felt like she could or should play. So yeah, I know you've had that impact on people. Yeah, and and actually, I don't play. <laughs> we just like pretend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, Brazil camp has such of a, it's such of a special place you know it's amazing these two weeks that they offer over there and how really impact people so deeply and when i'm there i am in my element you know you understand what i'm saying it's like when i'm at brazil camp you know if i want to play i play if i want to dance i dance if i want to sing i sing if i want to laugh out loud i laugh loud it is this this sense of of freedom of you know it's so amazing to be there and the place itself is so healing the environment is so like amazing mm-hmm. that brings that really requires you to be open you know mm-hmm. really requires you to be present to be there and I feel like you know. Um, to tell the truth, I don't remember that passage with it, Pauline. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but I just feel like when I'm there, I'm so like we are. We need to embrace each other. We need to to come and to to be ourselves, you know. So I'm glad that I impacted her positively. <laughs> that's good to be different too. But I, um, yeah. that's a good thing to hear. That's a good thing to know. She said it changed her life. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. That's a very good thing. I love Pauline. I love Pauline. She's, she'll be here with us at the International Summer Conference. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's yeah. excited. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit more about the Con- Samba Congress and how do you, how do you, yeah, that would be great. How do you approach it? How do you take that weekend? <laughs> it's, I know as an organizer, it's hard to enjoy and hard to. Well, do everything but actually guys actually i don't know if it was because my mother passed away that year i was crying for four days everything mm-hmm. made me cry mm-hmm. but uh, the energy was so wonderful it was it's so funny devin Winiger, Winiger. i don't know how to say his name but mm-hmm. he's from texas mm-hmm. austin yeah yeah he told me that that was the most <laughs> manic energy I have lived in life <laughs> because the energy was hmm. so high. Hmm. All the classes were so like, it was so amazing. You know, we have such a great time that I was crying. I was getting emotional. My father all the time crying. My father was like, oh my gosh, this is so Aww. beautiful. This is so beautiful. <laughs> and he was crying the whole time. So, um, well, it's, we, we are doing four days this year. And the four days, in reality, is like this. 
last year one of the one of the thing one of the main objective and the main you know uh, mission behind the international samba congress it was bring our people together people that really uh, attracted to samba lovers of samba professionals of samba experts in samba together because i feel and i don't know if you guys have the same experience but i feel like we are too disconnected the samba communities yes are very disconnected you know um there is a sense of uh, competition that i don't like it and i feel like mm-hmm. it's not what samba is about hmm. there is this so many groups that they don't work together my big dream is to have like a festival where everybody could come and raid and dance and you know the community mm. i feel like there is still a discrimination against samba and i felt that people has a very skewed vision about samba because when you talk about samba or you see bateria people playing and you know uh, respecting all the, the the players out there but uh, now we see more samba from rio but before it was more like bahia style mm-hmm. and uh, or woman in bikinis you know with the feathers mm-hmm. it now lately with uh, the malandro movement and Gafiera, and I think we are seeing some varieties, you know? Yes. But uh, but uh, there, there is uh, still people thinking that Samba is kind of, you know, is, is not really good. Hmm. So the main objective of the International Samba Congress is to put people together and instead of ourselves to be like judging and say, this is good, this is not good, this is not Samba, this is not Brazilian, you know, to just say, hey, let's go embrace each other and let's learn together. Let's grow together hmm. and make this community stronger because we have so much to learn and to offer and to receive. So I love that. And we created this idea of pioneers of Samba that is to be acknowledged people that came before us. There are so many people that, like Conceição Damasceno, like you no know, Beisola, like so many people that started all this movement before us thinking of coming to the United States. So the idea was through the pioneers of samba, like you know, for Dennis and Rich, and to say, hey, thank you, I acknowledge you as the, one of the pioneers of this movement. Hmm. And last year, we tried to honor everybody, yeah? We tried to, oh, I'm going to send you a diploma, I'm going to send you. But end up, there was so many people. Right. And it was so confusing. And it was so like, people were like, what? What's this? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that this year, we decided to do one person. And I'm a very intuitive person. And I'm very like, I need really to be connecting things. 
And uh, I was driving one day and I put in my, you know, music and it came Dionne Warwick singing Caravan and Samba, the mm-hmm. nine rhythm of Samba. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, let me just pay attention to this. And I went to see, and in 1994, she did the entire CD. Yeah, I was in samba. I was like Aquarela do Brasil. And my daughter said, Mom, her daughter-in-law lives over there. And I know her daughter-in-law. And I talked to Luana, and I said, Luana, I'm thinking on calling uh, Miss Warwick to be the pioneer of samba for the International Samba Congress. What do you think? And she said she would love it. But I have to check with her. So <clears throat> when um, Luana checked it with her, she sent a message say, I'm so honored. I'm so happy. Tell her that I'm separate the dates for her event. And I was like, what? She did what? (laughs) Wow. So, and when I started to talk to Luana more and more, because I knew that people would be asking, why? Why are you putting like Diana Warwick, then how to be a pioneer of Samba? I learned that she has, she's so involved with Brazilian culture. She does not do any show without including Brazilian music. And not Hmm. only that, she has a social, uh, a lot of social um, services in Brazil with the girls from the Vigigal, you know, Mm -hmm. community. And it's called the Recycled Lives, which she, uh, they use the recycling material to make fashion. And to help those girls to know to go to school, to learn about fashion, to learn about recycling is so beautiful. I was, and you know, guys came from myself, listened to this song in my car. She accepted, she's coming. She will be here on the 14th. So that night will be a night that's to give her a trophy and to acknowledge her for her <clears throat> effort and also for dedication to the Brazilian culture, for this wonderful job with the girls, you know, from Vidigal. So we will have like the VIP party that will be from 6.30 to 8 p.m. where people can come and uh, have a time with her. We're going to give all these trophies and, you know, acknowledgement to her. Um, as I started to developing this uh, day, the, the night and the party, uh, one of the, the person that's from the committee, uh, she has lots of um, acquaintance, and two of them are council men, and they're going to come out, so they're going to participate in that night. They're going to give a proclamation to Mrs. Warwick and to the International Samba Congress. So we are kind of, what? It's all these things happening. And that's kind of crazy things. And uh, wow. and uh, 
from 10 teachers to 20 teachers to 33 teachers, like people like, I want to be there. Dudu Fuentes is one of them. Like, I don't care. Put me the last day. I want to go. So (laughs) (laughs) now we have 33 teachers, over 100 hours of classes, you know. all right, and it, are, is registration still it is open? Still open. Are you, do you still, are you yes, still taking people? It's still open. Uh, we have the contest this year again, the female Malandra contest. Uh, is uh, in honor of um, you know um, to Adriana Lima, um, and we have every single night we have parties. Uh, performances every single night with really like professional groups and now everybody's like I want to participate I want to be there so we need to contain the number of people because we just can have 300 people maximum because the space the place mm-hmm. but we're still accepting um, registration um, we're still like you know working really hard to make sure that all the teachers have everything they need and all the students, they have everything they really paid for. And uh, it's being a journey. It's being a very interesting, beautiful journey. Wow. That sounds like a really fun event. Yeah. <laughs> it is very fun. And it's like today I was talking to Dennis Broughton and he was like, you do your own Brazil camp. And I'm like, no, Dennis, not. It's only three <laughs> days. And like, yeah, you are doing your own Brazil camp. Because 33 three teachers, you're crazy. And I'm like, well, start happening like this. You know, teachers say, I want to go, I want to go. And I'm like, okay, come. But also myself seeing their value and their, they have the same, the you no know, purpose on how they teach what they teach and what they want from, you know. So it was an easy thing to do. You yeah. know, I was looking at photos last year on um, like Instagram and Facebook, and I was really taken by um, how Carlinhos do Salguero was just like he and Hosangela. Uh, he was totally so into Hosangela and her teaching methods and and all that. I thought that was great. Those combinations just really fascinate me. You know, I have to tell you, uh, when Patricia and I, Rodrigo and I, we are kind of discussing about who to bring and what to do. As I was telling him, I want to really to invite the teachers from America, you know, and uh, I told them about Rosangela Silvestre, and they're like, who? I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, who's Rosangela Silvestre? And I told them, Rosangela, she has to be there. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because she will bring it the source. She will bring it the roots. She will mm-hmm. bring it mm-hmm. the deep yeah. side of it. So mm-hmm. they fell in love with her. <laughs> so now she's in every single one. You know? And in the Brazilian one, in the oh, yes. Australian, Australian one. She's going to Canada. She's coming over here. <laughs> Rosangela has something very special. 
you know, I think like the same way that she did with the symbology of Orishas, mm-hmm. you know, it's what I want to do with the samba. Mm-hmm. I want to go deeper. I don't want to be in the bikinis and feathers. Do you understand? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think she is the one that can take us to that route. Very cool. So when she started teaching her classes, it was so full. <laughs> it was like this craziness of people that we need to stop people to go in because we had no space anymore. <laughs> you know? And Carlinhos was the same thing, but Carlinhos is is something that he's a big name in Brazil. He has right. all this diva, I don't know, thing. And, but when he saw it, when he saw it, he was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It was very interesting to see the I integration, bet. you know? Yeah, because they seem like totally, great. total opposites as far as yes. personalities and whatnot. Yes. And I don't know him, but I just know who he is and I've followed him and, you know. I I think, I think everybody could understand where she comes from mm-hmm. and where she wants to take us. To understand? So right. she wanted really people to go deep. Mm-hmm. She, she's not about movement and, and she's not about that. She's about really people going deep. So... I think that he acknowledged that. Everybody acknowledged that. Everybody was taking her class. Everybody was crying. Everybody was like, yeah, was very involving. She has a powerful presence for sure. She does. She does. Yeah. She does. And the energy was magical. The energy was incredible. I bet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Because I feel like in the camp, she teaches her class, and you may catch her up like a little bit in the lunch and dinner, but after that, she is in her world, you know? Mm-hmm. She's not me who's go to the pagodji, make ah! <laughs> noise, and, you know, she, she, she goes and she teaches and she leaves, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, in the in the International Samba Congress, it it's what she she was there. She she was like, we are touching her. We are like you know, her energy <laughs> was there constantly. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was incredible. Nice. I have a question for you. Um, okay. One of the surprising things I'd always, you know, when I had watched before I went to Brazil, I'd watched the the parades on TV, and I'd always seen the Porta Bandeira, like the um, the the big dresses, and I was like, wow, those dresses are so huge and intricate. And I didn't realize until I was there and I saw the couple dancing what exactly was happening and how amazing it is, and how they're. The step that the that the um, male dancer is doing around okay. the woman and the intricacies, his coat's like flying everywhere. And when they hold hands and spin, they're like at an mm-hmm. angle that they would be falling down. Like it's amazing what they do. Mm-hmm. I was, I would get, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Every time I was 
I would I would go to a different quadra. I couldn't wait till the till they came out. And it'd always be like the couple from last year and then the couple from this year and everyone's kissing the flag. And it was this you could tell that it had a really that couple, that that part of the the show had a really honored place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um could you talk about that a little bit? And I wish I really wish that in the United States we could incorporate some of that because well, it's such an interesting cool thing well here. And sometimes go. you know you see people grab a flag and, and like a, 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 a female dancer will grab a flag and spin around but it's just not the same without the guy but do you know what international summer of congress is bringing mateus oliverio that it is the the, the from Mangueira. nice yeah oh nice and he's going to be teaching wonderful class yeah well it is are the- there people interested in learning that Oh, I think so. Because there are a lot awesome. of people that. here that they are like, oh, you dance as a guy. You dance as a master sala. And they don't know what to do. Hmm. You know? And uh, they don't know the story. They know they, they don't know the, 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 the huge thing. But for the yeah. little that I know, um, if you see all the costuming uh, the big, huge skirts come from the Portuguese yeah. court. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, of course, that today in our days they go with the theme and that it is being developed. But before was the couple of the Portuguese court that holds mm. the flag, and the flag is a big thing for the for the the samba school. Yes, that carries the name of the samba school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and they are the one that holds that. So practically, they carry the name, and uh, you know, from the samba school. And they're also important in the point system. Oh as yeah, well. yeah. Oh, yeah. They are very important. The parade. Yeah, they are very important. So, um, the uh, the other ones that. Sometimes, you know, if, for example, if uh, two summer schools are tight, they're going to see their points to see who's mm-hmm. the winner. So mm-hmm. they're a very important couple. But the job of the man is all the time to court as the woman, you know, to protect her, to dance with her. So it's a very it's a very magical dance because they kind of dance for each other, you know. But of course, with the mm-hmm. with the evolution of somebody and everything, you will see so many new things, so many new uh, choreographies. How they are practicing so hard It's not an easy thing. That flag weight a lot it's so heavy it's not even yeah, like you yeah. know funny it's like you really <laughs> you really need to to be holding that thing um there are there are there are uh, how you're saying certain demands you know how they hold the flag how their legs supposed to be mm. How they're not supposed to be dancing with their legs open, 
that I, there are certain things mm. that, you know, is kind of only who knows, you know, will know that there is all these demands and regulations and rules. Right. You know? Right. But right. at the end has such a beautiful uh impacting people. I love them. I, yes. I it's one of my dream was to be a Porta Bandeira. So this year mm. when I went to the Brazil uh Samba Congress, they have a Lucinha, you know, um Lucinha from Portela, she was teaching. Mm -hmm. I thought, I oh, oh my gosh, I was like, oh, I am one of the Porta Bandeiras of the year, as I love it. <laughs> it it's Angela also loves that. She really wants. Yeah, she Porta always Bandera. does that at camp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's just magical. It is. I just thought it was so cool. Well, that year, yeah. the year that Squell came out as a, uh, iao for. Mangueira, that was just so amazing. Oh Her my gosh! Costume, yes. yeah, that was just so iconic. Yeah, that's And a, so her her partner is the one that's coming to the Samba Congress this year, right? Yes, the partner. Yes, yes. Amazing. Yeah, and he 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 grew up in Mangueira. He was born and grew up in Mangueira. His father was one of the harmony director for Mangueira, one of the best ones. But his father also mm. was a very well-known singer and composer of uh, uh, a <clears throat> um, type of samba called Partido Alto. Mm -hmm. You know, that they kind of make those improvisation thing. Right. That are like, they just decide a theme and from that they're going to be like singing all night long. So his father was one of the best, and I told I told uh, Mateus that I, I remember um, I was very tall as a child, <clears throat> and I also had big feet. Yeah. So his father, hello. Yes. Yes. Okay, his yes. I had big feet too. <laughs> his father would call me and say. You have everything to be a Miss Brazil, but you feet, oh my gosh, they don't have <laughs> shoes for you. And I would be so mad, you know? Uh, yeah. All the time, but you are like, you know, uncle loves you, uncle loves you. But I was like, ah, stop it. <laughs> and Mateo said, well, be ready because I'm a kind of a joker to say no, but no. <laughs> now I'm an adult. I know how to defend myself. <laughs> That's cool. I hope that becomes more popular here. I would love if that became a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are, we are trying. We are trying to bring things that really people don't know about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's so much more to it. So much and more. So much Anna, more. you've been doing research on Jongo too, haven't you? Yes, yes, yes. Um, when I started to really to to okay, I need to know what somebody is, why somebody is impacting my life and people's mm -hmm. life. I started to really to see that you know, Jongo, Mashishi, and Lundu was 
the first manifestations that really influenced uh, samba. And I remember my father was a kind of man that he never would stay in one place. We would go to Vila Isabel, Mangueira, Imperio, São Carlos in one night. We would go like, going from samba school to samba school, you know? Wow. And I remember going to Imperio Serrano and seeing a lot of Jongo da Serrinha playing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh. So it's very interesting because I need all the time somebody to tell me about things. Conceição Damasceno was the one that said, my gosh, Rio de Janeiro has so many things. has about jungle. Why don't you look about jungle, you know? And when I started to listen, I started to to, to reading more and to research more. I was like, wow, I knew it, what was jungle before, but I never have done. So I started really to con- connect with the jungle da Serrinha and my groups, when I take groups, I take them over there to study, to, to study with them. And uh, we would bring them this year. But the thing with the Jongo is because they, all the time, they have to minimum six people to travel. So, and I was like, okay, next year I will prepare myself to bring six people from one place, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, hmm. and it's the origin of, you know, the samba, um, when we ask them, like, how do you think that Shongo originates samba, the explanation they have to me is not about the movements, it's not about the dance, it's about the rhythm. And it's mm-hmm. about the, the Shongo also was a, this, this call and response, you know, and Shongo would be all the time uh, talking about a history or <laughs> or connecting with, you know, uh, the slavery and uh, Africa and everything. And they said that the connection is more more rhythmic hmm. than really the step or the dance. And these people are all, this is it a, a performing group or, or who who is? It is Jongo da Serrinha. Mm-hmm. Jongo da Serrinha, they are in the Serrinha community, in Serrinha Hills. The woman... Uh, we call her uh, Vó Maria, uh, Grandma Maria. So mm-hmm. uh, she's, I think, 90 years old oh, now, whoa. 91. Whoa. Yeah. So she is the the few elderlings that's still mm-hmm. alive. Uh, one thing that happened with the Jongo is because Jongo was taught, it, it, it was practice. It was all the time practice after a religion, a ritual, okay, the mm-hmm. Umbanda. And it usually was practiced for after uh, Preto Velho or, you know, the ancestors' ritual. And uh, after that was like what they call the party, yeah? And, uh, but only the elderly could dance. Only the elderly could participate. So, as they die, the traditional start dying. Mm. And uh, now they just got the Jongo da Serrinha, the house Jongo da Serrinha, 
where they worked with all the kids from that community. So Vó Maria is still alive, is still doing shows, is still, you know, doing presentations, but they run the program at the Imperio Serrano in Madureira. It's a Madureira <coughs> neighborhood. So they still have the, that program that now kids from all ages can participate in learning jungle, how to play, how to sing, and how to dance. And all the rituals that are behind it. Well, hopefully Very we'll cool. see that up here sometime, that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I love that. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. For years now, I'm trying to. Great. Thank you so much for being a person to introduce all of us to some of these lesser known parts of of the Brazilian samba scene, (laughs) I guess (laughs) I call it. Oh, thank you. Uh, Yeah, that's wonderful. Is there anything that we haven't asked you that you would like to share? Just about my dissertation. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm so proud of it. Um, Yeah, my dissertation, I, I really, you know, uh, very proud of um, the work that I did. Like I said What's before. The title? Okay, so let me just go back to the title because <laughs> I have changed the title so many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, then let me just see it here because I, uh, they have all these regulations. Yeah. For you know, the APA, the American Psychological Association, only wants 12 words, you know, in the title. Oh. And, of course, I have 365 hmm. words. <laughs> <laughs> As every Brazilian, yeah, we talk and we write, like, in a way that nobody can understand. But um, um, basically is to show the healing power of a samba. And um, the way that comes to me, this idea was was like this. Um, I, I had my master's degree in, in counseling psychology and, you know, community psychology, community counseling, and... I had two master's degrees, and the, the two master's degrees, I developed it something about the psychological impact of immigration on a Brazilians, yeah? Hmm. Hmm. So when I came to, to my PhD at the time, that's what I want to do it. I say I want to talk about the psychological immigration of Brazilian, thinking, well, I have already this material, and, you know, every research you, you can expand and you can really mm-hmm. talk about more things. And with all this craziness of life, being a mother, a wife, with my mother being sick, I say, I want to facilitate my life. And I was like, well, I will just give continuity of this. So when I presented my proposal, you know, I see the teachers like, yeah, interesting, but they are not like, wow, they are not like, you know. And one teacher told me, 
why don't you uh, use your own experience? You know, use your own experience and do the the um, the research using a little bit more. She said, using a little bit more like a professionals how you know, a professional woman uh, would be adjusting or you know using something better using the you know the approach uh that calls heuristic approach where the researcher can use their own experience and be included mm-hmm. in the in the you know in the research i started and i have to tell you i would be like writing or reading i would be falling asleep <laughs> I would be like, oh my gosh, this is so boring. <laughs> and every single research that I was doing it was giving me more like the anthropological, the you know, aspect of, or the psychological aspect of immigration. And it was boring. It was like the reading was so boring. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to just die. <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> So, and um, my first chair, uh, you know, my dissertation chair, she left. And I have a second one that she left also. When I land to the third one, I was like, you know what? I don't know what, Mary, I don't want to do it. And she said, well, just think about one thing. You need to have fun. You need to really to enjoy it. What are you doing? And you put your name in something that later somebody will be looking at. So just think. So that night I came home. I was so down with, I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. So, and I came home and I have this dream that I was inside this, was a box, a white box, you know, with no walls, not with no windows, no doors. And I was like very concerned that I was getting late for my dissertation um, defense. And and I was like looking for a way of getting out of that box and I couldn't. So I started to be playing in the wall. And as I started to be playing, it was a samba rhythm. And I started to dance, I started to samba and the wall started to be colorful and is expanding. Whoa. And expanding. And I start to dance and expanding. So I wake up in the middle of the night and say, I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> and I send an wow. email to my super, for my chair. And I say, I, I need to integrate these two worlds of me, of my, you know, my two worlds. I need to integrate psychology with the samba. And she's like, well, just write and send me. Hmm. So I sent to her and she told me, um, that's it. That's what you do. I don't know what somebody is, but whatever you're doing, I, I like reading. I like what I'm reading. So, and, you know, on the writing, of course, English is not my first language. Sometimes I was writing somebody with a small S, sometimes, you know, with the capital S or not, you know, low, low, low case S. And she sent me a, a note say, Anna, your samba is with capital S. <laughs> so I started to use the the you know, the hashtag, our samba is with the capital S. 
Mm -hmm. Because that's what she told me. So (laughs) the name of the dissertation is Samba in Life, the Dance of Cultural Assimilation and Reconstruction of Identity. Hmm. So it's exactly to show how Samba helped me with uh, helped me with the cultural assimilation process and the reconstruction of identity. But I also interviewed three thirty people that uh, from that interview I collected all the things to see what was the most you know um, strongest things. And uh, come out a lot of the power of the the healing power of Samba, mm-hmm. and that's when I start to learn that we never know who came, who comes to those encounters, who comes to see it, how Samba can impact mm-hmm. them, and what they are going through, and how they use the Samba. You know, so from those thirty people that I interviewed, I have. Uh, cancer survivors, uh, rare, like, immune disease, you know, a mm-hmm. uh, woman who, have, you know, it's not that Samba, okay, they are cured of their disease because Samba, but Samba helped them to understand that they have a chance to fight. So they did the treatment they're supposed to do. Uh, people with divorce, people with... Uh, grief people just because they have no purpose in life and they saw a parade and they say, well, these people are having fun. Let me go there and have fun with them. And people that needed a sense of belonging and need a sense of be a part of a community. So that's where the, the, the dissertation is about it. And when it comes out, when it's available, you'll send us a link and we'll put it on our website. Yes, I will. In the show notes, yeah. Yes, So I in will. a couple, couple months when it's ready to go, yeah, we'd love yeah, to. I want to read it. I can't wait. I can't wait to yeah. read it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting thing. It's a very interesting thing. And, you know, uh, I was very aware that I was using my, my, um, own experience and how vulnerable this can could be, but uh, I'm very comfortable about it. So, cool, very cool. And people can find you all over social media if they're looking. International yeah, Sama Congress, I, and then your own site. My site is Aninha Malando, and uh, the Instagram it's at Aninha Sambista. And the International Samba Congress. And now also Malandro Emotion has uh, the Instagram and Malandro Emotion also has the page. Um, we are still putting together, we are renovating our website. But the website, I think, is sambaemotion.net, I think. <laughs> and uh, we are trying to put that together. And uh, yeah, yeah, people can really find us very easily in those days. <laughs> and when uh, just normal classes for you in the LA area, if people are there, what days do you teach? I teach on Tuesdays night at 8 p.m. at the Brazil Brazil Cultural Center. And I teach at the um, Brazil Brazil Cultural Center also. I just teach at the Brazil Brazil Cultural Center on Sundays, 3 p.m. 
And now we are implementing live music on Sundays. Fun. Ah, cool. With my father, Rodney Jassiz, and Stefano de Paula. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, Anna. Thanks for your time. Oh, thank and you, guys. Thank so you. I'm really awesome happy to hear your stories. Yeah. Very generous. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Okay, guys. So I hope you enjoyed that interview. And um, if you want to learn more about Anna, you can go to our website and there at thebrazilianbeat.com. And there we'll have links to all of her different programs and um, her International Samba Congress information and all of that stuff. So um, a big shout out to us because we finally produced a podcast <laughs> yay we're back uh so shout out to us um we haven't we haven't heard from you guys so if you have any cool videos or um you know have any fun memes send them our way we'd love to hear from you i know that um there's some events coming up courtney's going to the um San Francisco Carnival here this weekend. She'll probably see mm-hmm. a lot of you. If you see her out there, snap some pics with her. Come say hi. And Let's hang out. Yeah. Take some pictures. Um, let us know. You know, take some pictures. Send them our way. We'd love to post them. It's the 40th anniversary of the San Francisco Carnival. So oh, you should I be. I think I knew that, but I forgot. That's yeah, it cool. should be a fun one. Yeah, cool. It's supposed to be on TV. Yeah, I'm going to be on TV. Yeah, I think you can stream. I streamed it last year. Oh, you did? Um, yeah. Cool. So um, if I find the link early enough, I'll post it on our Facebook and and Twitter and all that. Nice. So you were playing with Georgie Alabay's group, right, mm-hmm. Courtney? Yep. They needed some um, Primeras and Segundas, so I told them I'd play Segunda. As oh, long really? as they found me a light one. Find me a light one, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a big beast. I want something nice. Yeah, that's a that's a lengthy carnival. I've walked it before with them. I, oh, you have? I think it said yeah. it's only a mile, one point two miles. So yeah, it take. Hard. There's just like so many groups, so it takes a while to mm. Mm. to go. And plus, mm. you have to wait. I mean, yeah. We so. all bought space blankets, so all the Portland people have these like orange. Shiny oh. space blankets. Oh, yeah, we saw Pauline warm. in one of those the other day. Yeah, yeah. so everybody since this party that we all went to, Pauline displayed one. We all got jealous, so we went out and bought some. So we're all going to... You're planning on being cold that morning? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, we have to line up, you know, kind of early. And San Francisco gets cold, you know, yeah. it's foggy and it can be really cold there. Yeah. So we're prepared. Um, and let's see what else is going on. Monica 2 PDX has their um, Pride Parade Carnival. Pride Parade, not Carnival. Um, on June 17th. So we'll mm-hmm. be parading in that. Um, there's oh. also the day before, there's Bloco Pacifico happening in Seattle. So a bunch of groups okay. get together up there and play. And this year they're doing all Dudu Fuentes material. So that should be fun. That's always a fun event i'm going to that one and that's the same weekend as international samba congress right that you just heard about from anna so that's it's a busy time a lot of things happening yeah yeah it's good if you have any events um that you'd like to men- us to mention send them our way yeah especially if you're like in europe or 
Australia or somewhere else? Let us know what you guys are doing. What are you guys up to? I know that they just had one Clarissa, who was our last podcast, number 40. She was just, where was she? She was in Colberg or somewhere. I know. Well, they had Bloco X um, in um, Portugal, right? Our friend Owen was there. Oh, is that why he went there? I didn't even know. Yeah. Ah, sweet. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, so send us your links and events and, well... Yeah, we'll talk about them. We'll talk about you. (laughs) (laughs) What else? What else is going on, Courtney? Uh, Oh, at the end of summer, you know what time it is. CBC time. California Brazil camp time. And there's lots of great instructors scheduled to do Fuentes, Pitoco, Ailton Nunes is going to be there two weeks. Um, All kinds of amazing teachers. So always a fun time. We'll be there. I'll be working in the store. Oh, you did finally get a job. I did. Yeah. Nice, nice. I'll be working in the store. I'll be the... I do everything. (laughs) Um, So you'll you'll be on the bike riding around. Yeah, you'll see me um, checking people in. So if you are coming to camp this year, especially second week, I'll be there checking people in. Come to camp, everybody. Yeah, everybody, come to camp. You won't regret it. So I got the I got the faculty list open here. Alessandro Cardoza, which was one of our our uh, episodes. Yes, Alessandro Panezzi. Alvaro Reyes for mm-hmm. dance. Brian Rice, of course. Hi, Brian Rice. The busiest man in show business. <laughs> the busiest man in Pandero land. <laughs> Georgie Alabe, of course. Chico Pinheiro. Marcio Peter. Ginga. Marcelo Chocolat. Chocolachi. And, oh, and there's Marcos Costa, who is a singer for Ile Aye. So oh, he yeah. Is- Marcio are working together with the uh, Bahian Ensemble, so that should be exciting. Cool, cool. He's got a great voice. Um, Moises will be there first week. Yes, my buddy Moises. Um, Sergio Krakowski, who mm-hmm. we hope to interview while we're there. Um, Francois de Lima, who is a big gafiera guy, and he's I've been connecting with him on social media. He's really nice. nice. Uh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, Francisco, who was a guest of ours not too long ago. Francisco Carl Martin. Dixon. Carl Dixon, Carl Dixon is on the faculty this year, yes. I know. Danilo Brito, who's an amazing choro uh, player. So, wow. so many people. Diversity. Angel, so, yeah. So, Silvestri. Lauren Hansen, who was a guest of ours as well. Mm-hmm. Just so many people. Yeah. So, yeah. check it out. Go to the website calbrazilcamp.com check out all the faculty and the dates if you have any questions you can always message me yeah Yeah, register sign up come hang out come to the best disco party in the forest (laughs) (laughs) Uh, bring, bring Diana a bottle of bullet bourbon yeah actually bring a bullet rye that's better I like both enough about that so if you would like to learn more about the podcast or you want to see photos of our guests you can find those at www.thebrazilianbeat.com 
please email us at thebrazilianbeat at gmail.com if you have any suggestions or um, any ideas for the show we'd love to hear it uh, we're on Twitter the Brazilian Beat one that's number one Facebook the Brazilian Beat podcast Instagram the Brazilian Beat basically we're you know just Google us we're around um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Play, Player FM, and you can also stream us through our website. Um, but please go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. Five stars, please. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just say, uh, um, give, you know, just give us a little rating, a little review. That helps us kind of get the word out there in the algorithm for Apple Podcasts. It really um, helps our visibility in that way. So yeah support the podcast that'd be yeah. great yeah share uh, our link on Facebook if you care to yeah share, share it with people you know yeah so we really hope you enjoyed uh, this interview with Anna it was really fun to do and we've been trying to do this one for a while so I'm glad we, we got her did <laughs> <laughs> yeah even though she she had kind of had her I'm sure she was tired from all her trips and, yeah she's been traveling all over the place it's great of her to do the podcast but thank you Anna so have a good one everybody thanks for listening ciao